World's on fire. Our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know what, why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Hey, pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass but we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a Over man here. called It's Time Coach. for i got to ask you this salt. out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Hey, good morning. Friday morning, last day of September. Is anybody... Am I the only one that says, where the heck did September go? Holy criminy. Are you kidding me? Then I grabbed my phone here real quick because I opened the door when I got up this morning and I was looking for snow. (laughs) I stuck my head out there. It is right now here in Thornville, Ohio, or just outside. What the heck? Come on up here, dude. Come on up here. What's the temperature here? That's all I want to know. Temperature here today is 42. (laughs) 42 degrees. Boy, I, I love fall. I just, I love it. So uh, I just love the season. It's not hot. Maybe that's one of the reasons why. But boy, it sure has changed quick. Hey, get uh, get some communion, something to take the elements. We're going to take communion together here in a minute. I got, uh, it's a flea flicker Friday. I know I say that a lot, but that is in fact uh, what we're going, I'm going to try to do. I got, of course, I got some stuff I want to lay out there, but I want to want to hear from you. Because see, look, you know what I really want to talk about? Mm. I'm just not going to do it today. I'm going to be a good boy today. I'm going to try to be a good boy today. Myra, pray us in. Joe, get ready for communion. Here we go. Let's start off on a good, happy note here this morning. Yes, Coach. It is written. The reading today will be from Psalm 127, 2 through 5. That is- oh, get that up there for us, Jonathan. Psalm 127, 2 through 5. Thanks, bud. Thank God for my good webmasters and Jonathan and and uh, um, Spencer and all the guys that are doing back. Appreciate all your hard work behind the scenes, guy. You do a great job. Thanks, Spence. Go ahead. Go ahead, uh, Myra. Yes, Coach. It is vain for you to rise up early. What does vain? What does vain mean, folks? What does vain mean? You're so vain. That's not what it means. Excuse vain me. means without purpose, worthless, without effect. Okay. So when you say it is vain, say it's worthless without purpose and without effect for you to rise up early. Go ahead, Betty. Go ahead. Uh, Yes, Coach. To sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. Thank you, Lord, for sleep. And boy, I had a good one last night. I'm sorry, kid. I'll behave. Go ahead. (laughs) Praise the Lord, Coach. Lo. Children are an inheritance of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb in his is his reward. I want to I want to scream right now, but I'm doing my best not to. Go ahead. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that have his quiver full of them. Mm, they shall nice. they shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. Jonathan, keep that scripture close, please. Go ahead. Holy Spirit, you're welcome to coach Dave Haddle, and we open our hearts to you. I unleash resurrection power, love, and joy to you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I'm not going to comment on that because I'll go on a rant. So, Joe, I'm going to serve it up to you as we take communion together. Friends, look, uh, I understand. I come out of a Catholic tradition. I was raised Catholic. And I understand uh, the Catholics teach the thing called transubstantiation, meaning that this little wafer actually that the the priest does something in the service, not military service, 
during the church service somehow that makes this thing become the body, the actual body and the actual blood of Jesus Christ. Called transubstantiation. So I've taught as a Catholic. Can I tell you, would it be blasphemous for me to say I don't believe that anymore? I don't believe that. But that what we do here is a ceremony, as a, in my again, in my opinion, that is a reminder whenever you eat and drink, whenever, it's what it says, whenever you eat and drink, think of me. Mm-hmm. And so the idea of communion is that you and I, all of us together, who are right now getting ready to take this communion, this isn't, sorry, Kathy friends, this is not the actual body of Jesus, all right? It's not. It's a symbolic. It's symbolic. I'm not saved every day through communion, which is sort of what the Catholic Mass is all about. Folks, I'm not, beat, I'm not beating up on Catholics. That's not even, come on. It's not even what I'm talking about. That I don't have to go to some church and have some priest do some rigmarole over something to bless me with it. That as often as we come together, we do this in remembrance of our common salvation. That Christ died on the cross, he broke his body, and he shed his blood that you and I might be able to enter into the kingdom. Jesus did that. As far as I know, he only did it one time. He didn't take communion with his, every time he sat around with his disciples and ate. They didn't take communion. It was a symbolic act of what he had done for us and that we are all all unified by his body and by his blood. Now, that's the way I understand communion. All right? Go ahead, Joe. Thank you, sir. It's also good to see Rochelle made it in the eye of the storm. Yeah. Uh, um, If we could go first to uh, Romans 10, 9 to 13. You gotta put that uh, little, yeah, gotta put that little hoochie in there. You gotta put the little no, yeah, there you go. Nope. Nope. Romans ten yeah. colon nine dash thirteen. There you go. But we got to train this boy. There we go. There, see that dog hunts. Oof. <laughs> that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Thank you, Lord. There's the gospel. There's the God. Wait a minute. There's the gospel of salvation. That's not the gospel of the kingdom. They're not the same thing. That's the gospel of salvation. If you confess with your mouth, Lord Jesus, believe in your heart, Evidently, you can say some things with your mouth that you don't really believe, evidently. So you confess it with your mouth, you believe it with your heart that God hath raised him from the dead, you're saved. Keep going, Joe. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture, scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Amen. There is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For Amen. the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's pretty clear, isn't it? Huh? There's no difference between the Jew and the American. Right? And even the Californian, which is... Even the California American, right? Yeah, no difference, right? Yeah. I don't have to. I don't have to be a messianic rabbi, Coach Dave. It's good enough just to me to be old Melungeon, Coach Dave. And my lineage, yep. my lineage is unimportant at the cross because yeah. I'm getting a new transfusion. I'm being adopted into a new family. Go ahead, Joe. If we could now go to First um, uh, Corinthians eleven twenty three to twenty eight. Hey, getting better there, dude. You're getting better there. Yeah. 
that that dog hunts now. That's good. Yep, yep. Um, just say our prayer first. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this this uh, church in the early morning of friends and, and brothers and sisters around the this country and also a little bit of the world. And we thank you for the technology that lets us be together. Uh, we thank you that uh, those of us in the storm are here, and those of us in the cold are here and in the warm, and we share this together. We thank you for all that you've done for us. And we, we ask you to help us to examine ourselves and ask you forgiveness for our transgressions and to bring us cleanse into your sight as we enter into this holy, holy, holy tradition with you where we remember that we have a God who so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And that's really, really hard to understand or fathom, but we have that blessing and it's an ama- we have an amazing God and God is absolutely good. So Lord, uh, we now remember Paul who told us that we sit at your right, at the right hand of the Father as a part of the church and our spirits in the body of our Lord. And from that perspective, far above all these storms, far above all these crazy politics and wars, from that perspective, Lord, we take this communion. And please, Lord, help us Teach us how to pray from these seat we're in right now. And Lord, now thank you. And bless this bread and this wine or drink. And help us to and help the, to be the meal that heals our broken bodies. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, for I received of the Lord that which I also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of, of me. After the same manner, he also took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. After that same manner, for as oft as he as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the of the Lord. But let a man examine his house himself and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. We <clears throat> thank you for this day that you have made for us. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. 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 Thank you, Joe. You know, we're not afraid of the Lord, are we? We're not really. <laughs> Bible says the fear of the Lord's the beginning of wisdom. Hey, uh, uh, Jonathan, if you could there real quick, bring up those hurricane pictures real for me real quick. It's uh, next to the last thing there. <clears throat> Coach, I think and, we're afraid of being separated from him. Say it again, Joe. I think we're afraid of being separated from him. I think we should be afraid of being separated from him. And uh, I know Rochelle's down there and some others down there in Florida, Alan Zypher. I pray everything's, everybody's safe and everything down there. But the, the magnitude of the force of nature, by the way, we know who controls nature, don't we? Uh, we do understand that. Scroll on down a minute, Jonathan, if you could on that screen. Because Michelle and I, um, our, son and, our son-in-law and daughter owned a condominium down, uh, down Fort Myers. Keep going. Fort Myers Beach. This is very, very familiar. There's Naples. Keep on going. I'm going to show you something. Keep going. Keep going. Uh, so this is, uh, I mean, t- to me, to look at these photos is like, um, you got to be kidding me. I know th- I know this place. I know this place well. And uh, 
to understand, keep going. It'll pop up one I want to show you that. Got one more, I think. <clears throat> keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. There's Fort Myers. Keep going, keep oh, there you are. There you are. Go back to that picture. There's many condos like that at Fort Myers Beach. And uh, that's a picture of before and after of what, what the devastation took place down there. And I'm not really here to talk about the devastation that took place there. I'm, I'm here to ask you, do you guys understand how easy it would be for the Lord to crush us? If, he, if, he, if we really came under judgment, do you understand? Do we really, really understand the Amen. power the power of God, that even the storms obey him. Do we understand that? And I'm, it's not, it's not what did these, you know, like they said that in the, um, when a storm hit in the Bible, I'm trying to remember where it is, the, the uh, Tower of Siloam fell, and they were all sitting around after the, ta- after the hurricane hit the Tower of Siloam and knocked the Tower of Siloam down. They were all sitting around and said, oh, boy, they must, have, they must have really done something bad to have that happen to them. And we, I saw people say, oh, yeah, there's so many abortion clinics down in, in Florida. It's just the judgment of God's on, on Florida. About, well, maybe it is. Maybe it is. But I'm reminded of what it says when the Tower of Siloam fell. And they were, they were talking about how wicked Siloam was, and they deserved it. And the, the prophet, I can't remember exactly, was it Jesus maybe, even himself said that. He said, are you kidding me? He said, are you kidding me? He said, you think these people are more wicked than you? Huh? You think they're more wicked than you? And I tell you the truth, unless you repent, you shall likewise perish. <laughs> That's the message. <laughs> oh, my goodness, my goodness. We're worried about the Russians, and we're worried about pandemics, and we're worried about shots, and we're... Dude, a storm, boom, it's over. One storm. <laughs> One 18-hour storm. And everything you owned is gone. It's the fear of the Lord, man. And so when we sit around and we pray Psalm 91, we pray for the protection of God over us. Do you, you really understand why we need to pray that? Why the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom? To think... That we can, pe- I, <laughs> I don't want this to sound sacrilegious. I, I can't believe, I can't tell you how many things I read yesterday about, I'll pray for the people down there, pray for them. I said, dude, <laughs> if judgment's coming, you got you pray all you want to, man. You can pray all you want to. But if you, if you think that, look, we all stay, we're all, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. There are consequences to sin that will crush all of us. All of us. And we have national sin. We are spitting in the eye of God. And I can't sit here in Ohio and say, boy, I'm glad I'm not as wicked as those people down in Florida. Boy, the Lord sure smacked them. Dummy. Because unless we repent, we're going to all end up with something like this in our neighborhood. Amen. And we don't fear the Lord. We have, we, have, we can say we do. We have no fear of the Lord. We're more afraid of storms. We're more afraid of a virus. We're more afraid of social distancing. We're more afraid of what our neighbor might say to us then we are the Lord. It's kind of a dichotomy, isn't it, really? How can, how can, see, I don't think God forces us to love him. I don't think he says, hey, you love me, you love me, or I'm going to, boy, I'm going to smite you if you don't love me. So I say, okay, I love you, Lord. I love you. Don't smite me. Don't smite me. I don't smite. He, he He don't want that kind of love. It's not what he's after. And that's real. That's really, I, I can't imagine. <laughs> I can't imagine Michelle, my sweet little wife, staying married to me just because she's scared of me. Honey, honey, if you do that, I'm going to hunt you down. Okay, I love you. I love you. What? What? And I'm kind of scratching my ear this morning because I was, I was in uh, 
the high school yesterday with a hundred and I don't know how many different seniors I ended up speaking to yesterday. And I want to tell you the truth. I'm not, I'm not doom and gloom. Dudes, listen, folks, listen to me. Listen to me. Out of those 100 and I don't know, maybe I spoke to 150 students yesterday. I want to tell you a couple things that really, really jumped out. Number one, of the 150 students I spoke to yesterday, three different classes. Maybe it wasn't that many. Maybe it was 120. One. One unvaccinated. Because I ask. One unvaccinated. And number two, there there was not one student, 18-year-old, 17-year-old student in that school that could in any way, shape, or form defend the gospel of Jesus Christ, gospel of the kingdom. Not one, no way, no way could they do that. In fact, When I talked about the, the entire presentation yesterday, God, I wish you could be in there. I wish you could see the anointing that falls on me. And when the anointing falls on me, to see the demons begin to attack is unbelievable. But I spoke yesterday about truth. Do, folks, do you have, do you have any idea? How deeply, deeply students in our schools believe lies. You have any idea? You have any idea? I put which in my wallet and I pulled out $20 and I said, here you go. $20 to anybody who can tell me the rights in the First Amendment. 20 bucks. I still got my 20 bucks. Not one student could stand up and tell me the rights that are guaranteed in the Constitution. Not one. These are our future leaders. That's why I'm, that's why I'm concerned about it. These people are going to be the mayors and the state reps and the teachers for my grandchildren. These are going to be the rulers over my grandchildren. We have no fear of the Lord, no understanding of the gospel, no understanding of our roots, no understanding why, lest two walk together. How... <clears throat> How do two walk together lest they agree and to understand that it is always has and always will be majority rule with rights also granted to the minority, but that the minority do not make the rules. It's not the 0.2% homosexuals who get to make the rules. And we're, we're living in a country and a society can I tell you the truth? Minority rules. And how somehow it would be wrong if the majority happened to rule. If the majority began to stand up and say, hey, listen, it's okay for you to be trans whatever. It's okay for you to be that, but you aren't teaching it in our schools. What? what hey, folks, what? Do you understand? They have done just the opposite. They have said to us, it's okay for you to be a Christian. It's okay for you to have Christian values, but you're not teaching them in our schools. That's what the minority has done to us. That's what the Luciferian minority has done to us, friends. And if you think that we are as a nation in good shape religiously Christian, dude, you got another, you got another thing coming. And, and it's always the same. The Luciferian, I had a girl yesterday, I asked her if she's Christian. She said, no, I'm Druid. I said, what? I'm a Druid. Well, I didn't even get it. I didn't even get into it. But she was clearly anti-Christian, as were many other kids. Yeah. There, I, can I say this? Jezebel girls. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We've created a, a nation of rebellious women. And when I pointed out to them that the only reason they want to have abortion, uh, abortion be legal is because they are moral wrecks. 
that they don't understand that sex was designed for a man and a woman in the, in the boundaries of marriage. And that all of God's laws are protective. And how many of you in here, your life is screwed up because your mom and dad made a vow to each other that they would forever stay together, and then they didn't keep the vow. Boom. And your life's a mess because your parents didn't keep their word. It went silent. You have any idea how many divorces probably in that room? And I said, God's laws are all protective. They're not restrictive. They're not trying to keep you from having fun. Don't lie. Why? Because when you lie, you hurt another person. The Ten Commandments are protective. Don't steal. Why? Because when you steal, you harm somebody else. Don't commit adultery. Don't fornicate. Why? Because the consequences of adultery and fornication affect other people. Don't murder. Why? We know why. Yet you go out and you lay in bed with some guy that you're not married to, and the end result of that marriage is murder. And they can't, they don't understand the progress, the progression of sin. And then when I try to explain to them the rights of the baby, oh, Jesus Christ, I mean, blob of tissue. Hey, folks, how long have they been lying to us, calling it a blob of tissue? How long are they been doing? And then I went to evolution. I said, let me ask you something. Evolution, true or false? Is evolution a proven fact? Is it proof that man evolved from monkeys? Well, blah, 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 blah. no, it's a theory. It's a, okay, so I said, is it the only theory? Is it the only theory that man came from monkeys? That's the only idea where we came from. And then somebody said, well, no, some God created it. Oh, yeah, so there's another theory. There's another theory of how we got here. And by the way, do they teach that to you here in your educational environment? Well, then they say, no, we're not going to talk about creationism because that's religious, but evolution's religious. Boom. Religion. Evolution is totally, completely faith-based. Boom, boom. I'm not mad. I'm frustrated that we have permitted these lies to be to go unchallenged. Can I say can I say it like it is? We have allowed the minority to bully the majority. So what individual rights, that's where individual rights come from. Amen. And to try to show them that the government was founded on Christian principles. Uh, you need a jackhammer. They are incapable. Mark Trump, first truth. They're incapable of looking at an issue when you present evidence. They're incapable of looking at that evidence and changing the way they think. They're incapable of it. Can I tell you why I think that is? Because I believe we're under judgment that the Lord would send a strong delusion that we would believe a lie. Not only do we believe a lie, we teach a lie. Not only do we teach a lie, we don't allow the truth to even be entered in as evidence. Keep all of Christianity out of here. Bring everything else in because there's a separation between the church and the state. Another lie. Pull up that verse that you had that you had up there. I said you got to keep that up there a second. You remember which one was it? Yes, yes. Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord. Jonathan, go to Webster's if you can. Webster's eighteen twenty eight dot com. Webster's eight, yeah. Heritage. Heritage. 
inheritance. An estate that passes from an ancestor to an heir by descent or course of law. That which is inherited. In scripture, the saints or people of God are called his heritage as being claimed by him and the objects of his special care. Go back to Psalm. Yeah, go back. Lo, children are a special gift of the Lord, and the fruit of the of the womb is his reward. These are God's children. They are his reward. And do you understand why yesterday on our show we were talking about be better for you to put a millstone around your neck and to teach one of these little ones, to mislead one of these little ones? Can I tell you why? Because they belong to him. They are his reward. Amen. And the devil is after them, and we won't even stand up and defend them on behalf of God. Children are a heritage of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is his reward. Every time you have a baby, it's a reward to the Lord. Every time. Why? Because as arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children. Amen. Happy. Happy is the man has a whole bunch of them. Why? Because those kids aren't going to be ashamed. Those arrows aren't going to be ashamed. They're going to speak with the enemies in the gate. And the gate represents the positions of authority. And God gave us those children. They're his They are his reward. And he said, do me a favor. Train them up to go contend with the forces of darkness. And we've given the forces of darkness 100% control over the children. See, we think we're being good parents when we buy them a car, send them to a good pagan college and Get nice pictures of them dressed like a whore for homecoming. Oh, yeah, just telling you the truth. It's easy for me as a 70-year-old, almost 70-year-old man to sit back and look at the society and the culture. And then it's something else to go and look at it face-to-face like I did yesterday. Now, you guys can, anybody out there can say, well, Coach, You're always pointing out the negative. Well, (laughs) I'm just pointing it out. You think it's negative? I'm sorry. Somebody's got to. Thank you. At what point will Christianity rise up and say, no more screwing with our children? No more. No more. Boom. We're not going to let you take our tax dollars, kick Christ out of the conversation. Not, we're not going to do it. We're not going to do it anymore. I see the hands. I'm not done yet. Bring up John MacArthur. You guys all know who he is. That's not it. It's, it's the second one. There it is. An open letter to Governor Newsom. Now, look, look, how do I say this without sounding, I'll just say it. John MacArthur writes a powerful, this is a powerful letter to Governor Newsom. Can I ask you something? What is the oomph behind this letter? Is John MacArthur going to rally all of his however many congregants to actually go do something? Or is he just going to write a powerful powerful letter? Thank God he wrote it. Thank God he stood up. 
He needs to be where I was yesterday and understand what we're up against and understand that if there were any Christians in that room yesterday, they weren't ever, ever, ever going to stand up and defend their faith. They weren't going to do it. Personal faith. Can you get that so I can read it? It's worth the read. Sir, he wrote this to Governor Newsom. Almighty God says in his word, righteousness exalts the nation, but sin is a disgrace to any people. Scripture also teaches that it is the chief duty of any civic leader to reward those who do well and to punish evildoers. You have not only failed in that responsibility, you have routinely turned it on its head, rewarding evildoers and punishing the righteous. Somebody say amen. Go, John MacArthur. Go. Go. Amen. Amen. The word of God pronounces judgment on those who call evil good and good evil. And yet many of your policies reflect this unholy, upside-down view of honor and morality. The diabolical effects of your worldview are evident in the statistics of California's epidemic of crime, homelessness, and sexual perversions, like homosexuality and transgenderism, and other malignant expressions of human misery that stem directly from corrupt public policy. I don't need to itemize or elaborate on the many immoral decisions you have perpetrated against God and the people of our state, which have only exacerbated these problems. Nevertheless, my goal in writing is not to contend with your politics, but rather to plead with you to hear and heed what the word of God says to men in your position. Let all kings bow down before him, all nations serve him. He who rules over men righteously who rules in the fear of God is in a light of the morning when the sun rises. It is an abomination for kings to commit wicked acts, for a throne is established on righteousness. When God said to Cyrus, is what God said to Cyrus is a truth you should take to heart, governor. I am the Lord and there is no other. Beside me there is no God. I will gird you though you have not known me, that men may know from the rising to the setting of the sun that there is no one beside me. I am the Lord and there is no other. Amen. In mid-September, you revealed to the entire nation how thoroughly rebellious against God you are when you sponsored billboards across America promoting the slaughter of children whom he created in the womb. You further compound the wickedness of that murderous campaign with a reprehensible act of gross blasphemy, quoting the very words of Jesus from Mark 12, 31, as if you could somehow twist his meaning and arrogate his name in favor of butchering unborn infants. You use the name and the words of Christ to promote the credo of Moloch. It would be hard to imagine a greater sacrilege. Furthermore, you chose words from the lips of Jesus without admitting that in the same moment you gave the greatest commandment. You shall love the Lord with all God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength. You cannot love God as he commands while aiding in the murder of his image bearers. Psalm 50 says, speaks to people who pervert the word of God for their own sinful ends. But to the wicked, God says, what right have you to recount my statues and to take my covenant in your mouth? For you hate discipline and you cast my words behind you. When you see a thief, you are pleased with him and you associate with adulterers. You let your mouth loose in evil and you harness your tongue for deceit. My concern, Governor Newsom, is that your own soul lies in grave eternal peril. Each one of us will give an account of himself to God. One day, not very long from now, you will face that reality. Nothing is more certain. It is appointed for men to die once, and after this comes judgment. You you will stand in the presence of the holy God who created you, who is your judge, and he will demand that you give an account for how you have flouted his authority in your governing and how you have twisted his own holy word to rationalize it. As you look over the precipice of eternity, what will your answer be? 
when you look ahead of you and see that nothing awaits you but eternal misery, the just punishment for your sins, what will all the clever rationalizations and political talking points avail for you then? By then it will be too late for any remedy or redemption. And it's terrifying to fall into the hands of a living God. My appeal to you, sir, is you would not let it come to that, that you would not go to the day of judgment apart from receiving forgiveness and righteousness through Christ, faith in Christ alone. In Psalm 50, after rebuking the wicked for uttering God's words in a profane way, Scripture promises that, now consider this, you who forget God, lest I tear you in pieces, and there will be none to deliver. He who offers a sacrifice of thanksgiving glorifies me, and he who orders his way, I shall show the salvation of God. So there's salvation for those who repent. Christ purchased full redemption for all who will turn from wickedness, forsake their evil thoughts and action, and trust in him as Lord and Savior. Our church and countless Christians nationwide are praying for your repentance. Please respond to the gospel. Forsake the path of wickedness you have pursued all your life. Turn to Christ for forgiveness. Ask for forgiveness and use your office to advance the cause of the righteous as is your duty, instead of undermining it as has been your pattern. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Governor Newsom, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. John MacArthur. Amen. Amen. Can I, can I tell you what uh, Governor Newsom did with that letter? Circular file. Now, the question John MacArthur has to ask himself, and we must ask ourselves, is what happens after the warning is ignored? <clears throat> How many pastors are standing with John MacArthur? Is John MacArthur going to order some type of organized reaction to this ungodly man ruling over us? Does John MacArthur believe in advancing the kingdom of God? Does John MacArthur actually believe that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers? Does John, uh, I'm sorry, does, uh, yeah, John MacArthur, does he believe Psalm 2? Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. Does John MacArthur believe that there is any need for action to follow his words. What do you think, Angie? You know, I like the fact that he actually did an open public rebuke of Gavin Newsom, but I, you know, initially when you said, you know, John MacArthur sent an open letter to him, I'm thinking that's throwing your pearls to swine. But in that context, it is an open rebuke. And he hasn't, he can't, when he gets to the throne of God, he cannot say, I did not know, because somebody sent him a letter that told him. So I think to that point, I think it's important that we understand that. But actually, what I wanted to get in and tell you, when we were talking about nature and natural disasters and stuff, my grandmother had probably one of the best sayings. And I lived in Florida for about almost nine years. Um, whenever we went through hurricanes or major tropical storms, one of her favorite things to say was, when God speaks, man bows. And that is very true, whether that is, you know, it's there for judgment or it's there just because it's a natural disaster. But when God speaks, man bows. Amen. God spoke. Yep. Uh, see, we, our, our, we watch what happened down in Florida, and we don't apply it to us. That could be us just as easily. J.R., come on in. Coach, we all know the British are coming. It's what we do. Last week, you talked about the State School Board Association, State School Board, and we should contact them, which I did, and I encouraged other people to contact them. And Brandon Shea wrote, uh, has a resolution to support parents, schools, districts in rejecting harmful, coercive, and burdensome gender identity policies. 
I talked to, to Brandon yesterday, Brandon yesterday, and he's going to be on our show Saturday, and he's going to tell us what we need to do. Lastcallradio.live. If you're in Ohio especially, please listen in. Last hour. Amen. It's 11 o'clock. 10 o'clock starts. 11 o'clock is the last hour. Right, right. Amen. Bernie. Yeah, thanks, Coach. Um, yeah, this is kind of this is John MacArthur, okay? Notice how much he throws that grace out there, but he doesn't yeah. really bring him to repentance, okay? It's really right. he right. also he wrote a book called The Government Can't Save You. And in that book, he's really mocked Christian involvement in politics. Okay. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people just 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 gave it up because he's really a Tory, okay? Mm-hmm. And it's really um yeah, he thinks all our founding fathers were DS and there was never a call for, for, you see, okay, let me, this is my saying. I oppose, I oppose civil disobedience. The civil magistrates must stop disobeying the Lord. Amen. That, that's my, against civil, they're the ones who are being, who are disobeying. So, but, but, Bernie, but Bernie, listen, we cannot deny the power that John MacArthur has to make a difference. But can, can I tell you this? He will not lay it on the line. He didn't. He didn't ask all of his all of his church to sign on. No, that's, that's what I'm saying. Right? He could have had ten thousand signatures under that. So where? Did, so that's why I said, what government government governor Newsom do with the letter? Yeah, I know. I know. Well, I mean, he's he's not calling Newsom really to obedience. He's just warning, no, giving him some not. warning to the, of the wrath. He's, and he's not calling him to, to repent. Yeah, he's calling he him to salvation. He's not calling and demanding he do the right thing. Right, can I, can right. I tell you, look, 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 folks. Oh, it's going to make some of you mad. I'm sorry. I'm just going to tell you the truth. I don't care if Governor Newsom is saved, okay? I don't care. I do care that he's being anti-Christian in his actions. Right. I, I can tell you enough. He needs to go to hell. Let him go to hell. But he's impacted children. He's impacting the children that we just read are in heritage to the Lord. And we ought to be ticked off about it, and we're not. MacArthur teaches that our founding fathers were wrong to oppose King George, okay? just He said stuff like that before. Okay. So that's where he's cool. coming from. I, I get it. I get it. So it's Bark. God bless him for barking. Yeah. But barking, barking don't, they don't do anything. Roger, come on in. Dave, you know, I think you had said it was Gavin Newsom. What is he uh, doing with that letter? He's sitting down with his 10 department heads or whatever, passing around. It's not just Newsom. His 10 uh, you know, cabinet members, they're all laughing too. Yes, because he's just barking, right? Say, hey, come by, guys, want to come by and watch John MacArthur bark? Bark, 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 bark. If John MacArthur, oh, okay, I'll say it, Lord. I heard, I'll say it. If John MacArthur really meant what he said, he would tell every one of his parishioners to stop paying taxes. Boom. And publicly say it to the government that you are using our tax dollars as an affront to Almighty God. You are opposing a righteous God with our tax dollars and by uh, our obedience to the word, we will have nothing to do with the unfruitful works of darkness. That that would get that makes them biting. That that'd be a dog that bit. But they aren't going to do that because he, like everybody else, loves their life and their stuff too much. Not going to do it. And meanwhile, the Lord's children, his heritage, are being taught that they can change sex, and they can have sex, and they can kill the baby. When they fornicate, that's where this leads. Jack. Yeah, as as with all well written, well meaning documents, the phase, the things that's missing is, and now or else Amen. we will do this. There's Amen. no or else. Even even the the great patriot political people that I I know get right down to the bottom edge of that make a huge statement docked up backed up by documentation in fact but they don't do the or else because that puts it on the line 
So what's, what is John MacArthur asking Governor Newsom to do? Is he asking him to do the right thing, or is he asking him to repent? Like I said, I don't care if he repents or not. I want him to start ruling righteously. See, we're so salvation-focused that we don't understand that the unsaved man can't do the right thing. <laughs> Can't do the right thing, Glenn. Yeah, there there was uh, there was one pastor in California of a large church, a Korean pastor by the name of Shayan, I think his name was. His father uh, had been freed from communism uh, during the Korean War. Uh, Shayan sued Governor Newsom, okay, and won a million over a million dollar settlement because he went against the First Amendment. And Shayan brought an action against them rather than just write a letter. Yeah, yeah. That's what, Glenn, that's kind of what I'm saying, right? There's no, there's no bark. There's no bite behind this bark. Great job of barking. Thank God he wrote it. Thank God he stood up and wrote it. Somebody check this out for me. Did John MacArthur shut down this church during COVID? He kept it open. He did? Good for him, then. Good for him. Randy. No, Jack, I'm sorry, then Randy. Jack, come on, Jack. You're listening on Facebook or something. Randy. Coach, I really really like Bernie, what he differentiated with, Coach, because there is two crowds in the church, uh, God's, church there's the there is the crowd that will tell it like it is repent or perish and then there's the crowd that won't coach remember in the days of the revolution especially see it in that movie the patriot you know he didn't want to get involved in the war until his son was murdered then he said i will see justice so kurt coach we have to connect justice with god's throne god says i will build my throne on righteousness and justice so the people that are crying out, oh, I want this to stop, they're thinking about their materialism and their property and their life. The people that are in this for God's kingdom and his justice, they're saying, I want justice. I, I will not be, I won't settle for anything less. I want God's throne to be established. I want righteousness and justice. So we, they have to get in the fight. Until, you, until it comes to your house, Chad's right. Until your mailbox is taken off the off the road, knocked down, you don't want to get in the fight. But when your when your world's shaking, you're going to get in this fight, and that's where we're at, Coach. We're still two crowds. Amen, baby. Amen. Hey, look, folks. The truth is, we love ourselves too much. We love ourselves too much. Can I tell you the truth? We love ourselves more than we love our children. Oh, well, sorry. We love ourselves more than we love God's children. We read it yesterday. It'd be better for you to put a millstone around your neck than to teach these kids things that isn't true. I I hope God was kidding. I hope he was joking there. Jack, you want to try to get in here now? I see Jack on my screen, but I don't hear him in my ear. Craig, go ahead. The heathen have left. Hang on, hang on, Jack. Craig, hang on. Jack's trying now. Go, Jack. No, he didn't. Go ahead, Craig. The heathen have leveraged God's long suffering, and the church have leveraged God's grace, thinking that those things don't come to a point. To an apex, and we are at the apex of both. Uh, we are. <laughs> we are. By the way, John MacArthur won a four hundred thousand dollars settlement against the state of California for violating uh, their right to be open. So I praise praise God for that, uh, John. Praise God for that. Uh, at some point, friends. Uh, 
men of God are going to have to stand up. I don't know what that I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what that picture is, but at some point, men of God are going to have to stand up. The unrighteous aren't going to stand up, friends. The unrighteous. Remember, the Scripture teaches us that without the Spirit, it is impossible, impossible to understand the things of the Lord. And as I found out again yesterday, we have trained, as Jeff Nell would say, we're supposed to be trained in righteousness, but we are training our progeny in unrighteousness. Don't you understand? And the only way this darkness is going to be turned back is by the light. How can we continue to believe that just electing politicians is going to turn the tide? Our politicians have been compromised. Our politicians who make it to high positions of authority in government, folks, you don't get there just by running for election. You know how you make it on the Republican ballot? You get the approval of the Central Committee. And if the Central Committee aren't filled with Christians, what kind of candidates are we going to get? Exactly. We're going to get candidates that call themselves Methodists and Baptists and Lutherans. But we don't get born again, fire baptized, God-fearing people on the Central Committee. And so lukewarm men pick lukewarm candidates. Amen. And lukewarm candidates run against Lucifer, and maybe our lukewarm candidate wins, but he's not a warrior for Christ. He's a Republican. Republican first. Joe Allen, come in. And Mike. Could it be just like the storm that just happened? People were told to leave. The understanding that God's coming. God's going to bring its wrath. Are you going to leave to protect your life and and your and your family, or you going to sit there and stick it out? Amen. Well, we're kind of we're kind of in the midst of a hurricane, aren't we? I think it's I think it's coming over the hill. Mike McKee, I'm listening it on the radar. Hey, Coach. Uh, you know, McCarthy's one of these guys that says, uh, if they win in the midterms, we will do things. If. No, they won't. I'm sorry. They won't, Mike. They won't, do, they won't do anything. Hey, friends, the Supreme Court ruled that there's no constitutional right to kill babies, and they're still killing babies. They're still killing babies. Clay. These leaders have been blessed with a position of authority, and their duty is not to do what's convenient. Their duty is to do what's right. They've been blessed with these positions, and I believe they'll be held accountable for their lack of doing what's righteous. Clay, it's like I saw again yesterday. Right and wrong is an opinion. We, most of us, no longer believe in absolute truth and absolute right and wrong. We have we have taught our children what I uh, tried to explain to them yesterday: situational ethics, meaning truth changes, right and wrong change depending on the situation. I'm pro-life till my granddaughter gets pregnant. I'm against homosexuality till my daughter comes out as gay. Situational ethics. That is, at its very heart, bashing the mailbox. When they bash your mailbox, we have a tendency to waver off of what we say we believe. 
That's when they asked Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? He said, there's only two. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy mind, all thy strength. And the second one's sort of like that. You love your neighbor as yourself. But if your neighbor is doing something that is against me, you love me first, and you say, vamoose to the neighbor. That's a hard one, isn't it? That's a hard one. The life's full of hard choices. And uh, we're going to have to bone up. We're going to have to tighten our belts because we're in for it. Hey, have a great weekend. Get to go down, hang out with some saints down in Dayton this weekend. Hope to see some of you there. Uh, pray for us. God's on the move. See, see you on Monday.